Welcome to the Choose Chat Podcast, where we share real conversations about real life. We are women on fire and passionate about Jesus and love sharing our stories of faith. We know God believes in you, and we believe in you. And our prayer is that our conversations will encourage you to see how God is at work in your everyday life. So let's chat. Welcome to the Choose Chat Podcast, where we have real conversations about real life situations and the choices we make. My name is Laura Pedersen, and with me is my dear friend, Jill Miller. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Yes, we are so excited to have another guest with us today. It's Sister Shirley, and Sister is the founder of Lila May's House in Sioux City, Iowa. She is a Franciscan sister with a background in social work. Welcome, Sister Shirley. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, Jill. Yeah, thank you for coming on. I'm so excited to have Sister here because I serve on the Lila May's board, and I see Sister's heart and her passion for the women that she serves. So can you tell us, sister, a little bit of your story and how you came to open Lila May's house and what exactly it is? Well, I've always been interested in in working with women and I have always uh, given my life and my time to work with those who are marginated in society. And the, the concept of human trafficking was one that was actually new to me in terms of the United States. Right. Um, so with as with many people in our country, uh, I had heard about human trafficking, and I thought that's what happens in India or Thailand or some other large city. And so in 2014, there was a, a conference at Briarcliff University where I was teaching on human trafficking, and I thought I should go to this. It was during the summer, and I was blown away by the... Uh, FBI, the lawyers, law officers uh, that were there, and people talking about human trafficking happening in the United States, happening in our community. Wow. So I joined with another, uh, some other people from the Siouxland community to start a coalition against human trafficking. And I'm still part of that. And since 2014, I have given presentations on human trafficking to about 6,000 people. Wow. And I'm happy to have uh, presented also to a number of children starting like at age eight, learning to take care of their bodies and and that sort of thing. Because it just happens so young, doesn't it? It happens so young. And then in 2015, I went to a mental health conference in Sioux City, and Teresa Flores was the speaker, and Teresa started an organization called SOAP. But um, so she talked about human trafficking and and her experience. She was trafficked in Detroit area. Mm -hmm. And I went to her workshop in the afternoon. And she's also a social worker. And at that time, she was 50. And she had been trafficked when she was in high school. Wow. And left for dead naked in the streets of of Detroit. Detroit. Wow. and, And found by the police. So in her afternoon workshop, she talked a lot more about her awful experiences that she'd had. And then she said, I know my trafficker. I still think he's handsome. I know where he lives. Mm. And then she was pointing to the conference room door. And she said, if he were to open that door and call my name to come to him, I would go. Wow. Oh my goodness. 
Yes. Wow, the mind, the control that these traffickers have over the women is amazing. Amazing. Sad. And she said, I'm not sure if I would go with him, get in the car and go with him. Um, But I know I would have to go to him. And I, like, just like your reaction, I thought, how how could you do that after all 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 he had done to you? Well, sister, it reminds me, it brings me to the word that you chose for today, mm-hmm. which is to choose healing, right. which, you know, one of our things that also fits in, we talk here at Choose about choosing victory over being a victim. These right. women are definitely victims, yes. but there is a way to get to victory if they choose healing, and it can be hard, hard Very work. Very hard, right. And she's a, and she's, uh has done that in her personal life, but that, that trauma is still there. But anyhow, so then... After I left that conference, I went home and I have a prayer room in my house. Mm-hmm. And I, I just knew that I had to do, I love giving presentations. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know I've educated a lot of people about human trafficking. But I knew God was calling me to do something more. That's beautiful. And so I just stayed there until the idea of starting a house for women, mm. a safe house, was what God was calling me to do. Wow. Not that I knew what I needed to do, but it was something I knew that I needed to do. You knew the big vision, right. and the big vision was to help them heal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, yeah. that's beautiful. That's that beautiful. is beautiful. And you know, when you say that and hearing that story of that woman, healing happens, but there are parts of healing that mm-hmm. never come. I mean, right. the fact that she would go right to him. Right. Maybe not leave with him, but there's a piece of that 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 trauma just is so powerful it is. over. And so it helped me in a very small way to understand the deep and lasting control mm-hmm. that their victims experience. So uh, women are undoubtedly more trafficked than, than males are, but boys and men are trafficked as well. Right. But I knew that it was women that I was called to help. And so... It's a long story of how I went from that point to, to really get Lila May's house. But, uh, and we were gifted with the house that we have now. To watch, watch people come and, and be so afraid because the fear and the, the trust level is just, it's, it's so high in terms of they don't trust anyone. They've learned not to. Mm-hmm. Um, and they fear everyone. Right. And so for them to come and initially be open to um, to our love, to our care for them and to be in a safe place mm-hmm. is uh, is really challenging. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so some people say to me, well, uh, shouldn't they be just happy to be at your house, at the house because right. it's a safe place? And I say, yes, for the first couple of days they are. Right. And they still are even even you know, if they're there for like a year and a half or longer. But um, the fear and, and the, the trauma that they have experienced uh, never completely leaves them. Mm-hmm. Well, and depending, you said some of it can start as early as age eight or maybe even before. If it starts that early, they don't know anything That's right. different. That's right. So our first woman that came to Lila Mae's house had been trafficked since age two. Mm-hmm. And she was 25 when she came. How can she know what came. love looks like, right? Right, right. right. And so um, we've had, um, I would say most of the women will say to us at, at some point, this is the first time in my life where I, I know that someone really loves me. Mm-hmm. 
and really loves me and not just says that they do. Mm. Because right. that's, that's typical of persons who are grooming them to act as their boyfriend. Yeah. Right. And for some people, depending on how long they've been in the life, that trafficker is the closest and the longest relationship they've had. Mm-hmm. Many of the women have lost contact with their family or it's been cut off. And in some cases, it's their family who are trafficking yeah. them. Yeah, right. That's what's so, so sad. It brings me, though, to good news in this, in the fact that they may not ever lose that memory, but we do believe that God can and will heal if they do the work. Your your verse you uh, gave us was Psalm 147, mm-hmm. verses 3 and 4. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. But that is a promise that God does heal. He binds up their wounds. They may not forget, as you said, as in a piece of that trauma will always be with them, but... Tell us about how you've seen God heal and bind up those wounds. And and that particular uh, verse for me has been special ever since I was a young sister in the the convent. And calls each by name was was something that um, was really part of my call to religious life. Okay. And call to follow God's faithfulness to me, actually, in in terms of um, what I have committed my life to do, and that's to serve others. Having the women know that each one of them is worth God's love mm-hmm. and worth dignity from from us and from anyone who deals with them is a very, very important part of who we are yes. and what we try to do with the women who come to us. And so for some people, uh, God was used as a punishment. Mm. We had one woman at our house who had to read the Bible every day just to read it, and then it was also punishment for her. So for her... um, How sad. It was sad, and it took us a while to really have her be open to know that that God loves her and it wasn't punishment and that we loved her. But the healing part of it is a constant, but it's a slow process. Mm -hmm. And we find that, you know, some days they move ahead and and then back three steps. So it's a... It's a lifelong process, and and trauma is something that many people experience mm-hmm. and different kinds of trauma. But I think the violation of the person and having to yes. have be violated repeatedly during mm-hmm. each day and to be treated really as property right. is, is what human trafficking really is. Mm-hmm. Right. It's so horrifying, but yet I... I'm glad that it's coming to light. I think about the movie Call of Freedom and how it's just, it's opening people's eyes to, yes, it's happening right Right here, here, right around us. I have a friend who his brother-in-law was trafficking his stepdaughter and no one knew it. His sister didn't know it. It was done on the weekends. It was so covert and it happened right around here. He ended up getting caught. He went to prison. She's getting help. But I mean, it was right here mm-hmm. in our community mm-hmm. and with people that we know, right? right that right. he knew. He said, I had absolutely no idea. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just so covert. And as you said, it really goes to who a woman is or who a, a young man is or who, you know, whoever's being trafficked. Mm-hmm. It goes to our core identity. And I think that's what make this, makes the trauma so mm-hmm. long lasting. And but deep. Y- 
and deep, Mm -hmm. but yet, again, bring in that hope that truth is coming to life, Mm -hmm. and God can heal. Even that kind of horrific abuse, God can heal if we do the work and stick with it. And sometimes those of us that have had trauma, but maybe not to that level, it still feels like it's a lot of work, you know, and it takes a lot of choices to continue in that healing rather than going back to old behaviors. Right. So one of the um, practices that we have are in activities, each woman uh, needs to see a a therapist who's Mm -hmm. specially trained in what we call uh, complex trauma. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's hard for some of the women to open up or be honest about what, what has happened. Um, but if they're, if they're not able to do that or decide not to do that, then that, that healing journey really doesn't start. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's a choice for them. But for some of them, that's all they have known mm-hmm. their whole life. Yeah. So they've never been in a loving home. So when I was first you know, wanting to start this house and this, this whole program, we called it Siouxland Restoration Center mm. because I thought that we would restore women to a life they had. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't take me very long to learn that they, most of them have no life to be restored to mm-hmm. because they never really had um, a life where they were loved and taken care of. And then uh, Lila May's house is named after um, one of the owners. So yes. <laughs> nice. So nice. That, that, that yeah. And it's a beautiful that. name. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. It is. It is. And she's still living. She's 96 years old and she oh, lives wow. in Texas. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. That yeah. is beautiful. So, yeah. So when her, the family was leaving the house and I went there uh, with another board member to, to uh, thank him again and say goodbye. And, and so then I asked them. And so the, the husband and wife were there, and then their children were there, their adult children. And I asked if it was bittersweet uh, to leave, and it was not at all because they felt so pleased and so blessed that they were able to give us this house. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were wonderful Christian people, and it was just a blessing for them yeah, to be able to. a blessing to, to give. Yeah, That's yeah. so cool. That is well, cool. What is, I guess, what keeps you going, sister? Because I know there have been some hard days. Mm-hmm. We've had to shut down for a mm-hmm. brief time because of finances. What what keeps you going? What's your North Star, your thing that just well, gives you that energy? I know that the work that needs to be done can be dangerous. I don't, I don't feel the danger now. I did when I first started. Mm-hmm. And I just feel that God has called me to do this, and, and I try to bring other people along to do that. And, and many people like yourself, you know, have joined. So I just tell God, I'm 79 years old. Mm-hmm. And I just say, you have to, if you want me to do this, you have to make it happen and uh, keep me healthy. But there's nothing else I would rather be doing right now. Mm-hmm. And so as long as, as long as I can um, do what needs to be done and have other people join in the process, uh, if I die doing this, spending my last energy to do this, this, then I think God has blessed me to do work that needs to be done. And sister, I have to say, serving on the board, that's what I've seen in you is this quiet trust and this deep level of faith that you know you have been called to this and mm-hmm. you believe in it with all of your heart. And that transfers to people that are around you. And I think it's so beautiful that 
you know, these are the least of the least. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible talks about the outcasts. These are the outcasts. This is Mother Teresa, you know, working (laughs) the streets of Calcutta. It is. It's really people that we want to forget about, people Mm -hmm. we want to think this doesn't happen, like we talked about, but it does. And to see your heart for them and that you want to give them the healing that we all can have through the love of Jesus is just really inspiring, Mm -hmm. very inspiring. Mm -hmm. And I think about people that, what would be your, I guess, advice to someone who's maybe suffered some form of trauma? Because you are, you're a social work professor, Mm -hmm. so you've dealt with this a lot. What is a choice that someone can make every day to lead them to that place of healing? Well, and I try to do this myself, and it's difficult sometimes to trust God. Yes, <laughs> because it is. I've never, I've never experienced. We, that. we have so it's this one one side of conversation sometimes yes. is hard. Yes. and my timeline and God's timeline are, are not the same. But just even this last week, it's like as some some things that have happened. It's like you know you're faithful to me, and right. I need to believe that. It right. won't always happen when I want it to. Right. But to believe that God will make happen what needs to happen when it needs to happen. And and you've been really helpful to me when you say that as well. <laughs> and I need that. So I need other people also to really say, you know, right. that, that that it's God's work and God will be with us. And so one of the phrases that we use in my Franciscan community, our foundress, Mother Xavier, would say, God is with us still. Mm-hmm. And I always have to remember that and say that because sometimes it's it's hard to always believe that if I only look at myself and what I'm able to do. Right. But to really put that out there and to try to believe, and it's an everyday kind of renewal, you know, saying, you know, God, you've got to do this with me. I can't do it right alone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, to me, that's encouraging because I see someone like you that just has such deep faith but yet to remember, that's a daily decision. It, it really is it a is. daily decision. And the other piece I took from what you just said is that we need the community of believers, right. which right. is what Laura and I are trying to do with mm-hmm. Choose is, you know, one of our taglines is we're better together. Yes. We are. We yes. need each other because some days I'm going to be up. Some days you're going right. to be up and I'm going to be down. I need to, some days Laura comes yep. here and I'm just like, oh, I don't yeah. want to do this. And the next day she's that way. And, yeah. you know, we lift each yeah. other up and that's where we're strong when yeah. we come together. Well, and I think even just listening to you, sister, I've worked in different uh jobs and businesses that are hard. I mean, you are dealing with that trauma right along with these women because you're yes. listening, right. you're um, coaching, you're, you know, you're right there in it with them. And you yourself then can get pulled mm-hmm. into that negativity or that right. trauma that also needs healed. Yeah, right. So for individuals that are out there working with this kind of trauma, what kinds of things do you do to help you so that you can help others? Well, I think really talking to other people as as well as praying and just committing myself every day. This is the hardest work I've done in my life. And yeah. I've, I've worked with many different situations and, and had many different challenges. But I would have to say it's it's the most challenging Absolutely. work. And in the past, when, when I, I worked for Catholic Charities in Chicago, and I started several regional offices in my role was the administrator of that. And so I would just say, 
this is what I want done, and there was money there to do it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I know. What a concept. <laughs> I know. And I never had to worry about, about money. And, right. and as a religious woman in my congregation, uh, money is not something I have to worry about every day, which is, which is a, a great saving grace that we have. Yes. But with Lila May's house, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, that's a challenge. And many aspects of that is not part of my, my former my life. So it's just trusting that it's going to happen. And, and when some people say, well, maybe maybe you should just let it go and stop. And it's like, I won't even listen Not to an that. option. And thank, Not an and, option. And thankfully, there's some board members like Jill that are there that, always, that won't, doesn't, don't want us to quit either. And no. that makes it all, all... Otherwise, you know, I could say, well, you know, maybe I'm crazy, you know, maybe. Right. But I know when I, I told you sometime the women say that uh, first time that they have felt loved, that makes it all worth it. Right, right, right. Well, and I think sometimes when it gets hard, that's when people just want to throw in the towel or whatever, but God never said it's going to be easy, right? right. And just because it's hard doesn't mean he's blocking it, but there is evil in the world that are going to try to block some of those things. So it's just staying the course and believing the call. (laughs) Yeah. So I've, I've been successful at, Everything I've done in my life, and so for me to have the challenges that I'm having right. in this, you know, at the end of my life, it's like, you know, it's I'm I can't quit um, because I I believe that who's going to be there for the women if if we're not right, uh, and there aren't enough places like Lyle May's house to begin mm-hmm. with. Well, and let me just tell you, sister, that your passion is evident when people are around you. It's very evident. And also, God has provided people that have those skills that you don't have. Right. Like now we have people that are more on the financial side. Right. We've been, you know, we've been able to fill in those gaps because right. you can't be everything. No. And I love how God has done that and positioned us to be in a way better position than we were two right. years ago right. because of the skills of other people. Right. And the thing that has kept us going, though, I go back to that, is your heart, your faith, your trust in God, and the fact you can tell you love these women. Mm. I do. And yeah. you do want I to do. heal them. You want them to find healing, and it's inspiring. It's well, very you. inspiring. And so we just want to thank you, sister, for being with us today. Is there anything else you want to say before we kind of wrap this up? Anything about your word, choose healing, or your life, or your vision that God has given you that you want to share? I think just to know that God can be in all of our lives and is and is there for us, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily in evident ways 100% of the time, mm-hmm. but God also, as you said, puts people in our lives mm-hmm. that, that really we're a community of people, and just pray for the people today that are being trafficked and have no choice uh, for that mm-hmm. and and the trauma that they are experiencing that they may find either in Lila May's house or someplace where they can seek, uh, seek help for what has happened to them. And hopefully if it's their, uh, their choice uh, that, that they will realize that God loves them. Mm-hmm. And and holds them mm-hmm. and knows each of them by name. Yes, yes. I yes. Well, God bless you, Sister Shirley. I think God's saying, "Well done, good and faithful servant." <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> thank, thank you. you. Well, thank, thank you for you. doing this time. With- you bet. Thank you for what you do, Sister. And I am confident 
that uh, we're going to be open and thriving and Mm -hmm. it's because of your spirit and your faith that is making this happen. So you are encouragement. I hope the people listening understand how dedicated you are to this cause. And we just thank you for sharing your story today. My pleasure. Thank you. We pray that you have been edified by listening to Choose Podcast. We hope that our conversation has encouraged and equipped you on ways to make godly choices in your everyday life. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. And thank you to those who walk alongside Choose Ministry financially. If you feel led to partner alongside us, you can check the link in our podcast description below. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. And I choose to believe. Oh, oh, oh.